Hello and welcome to the Black Women Working podcast again. Thank you for joining us. Um, this is a Let's Talk About It. Shan, it's been a while since we've recorded. How are you? How have you been? What's going on? Summer holiday with children. <laughs> I'm alive. I survived the summer. To oh. our childless listeners, summer means outside to the mothers in the house. She was out, out. Not even outside. She was out, out. Every, just going out, out. Just, just going out every day. With your broke best friends. Do you even have money? Oh. <laughs> Please. Please. Tuition fees. Football starting. Football kit. School, after school club. Blah, 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 blah. Spending oh. money. Oh. But I'm all well, right. I'm all it. right. You made it. You look good. You look well. And it's glad to be recording with you again because I have missed recording. I love recording. Anyway, so we're here to talk about something um, that some people, some of our listeners may be aware of. Um, but I, you know, when you have one of those black hole internet days, like you start looking and then you're just doing research, doing research, doing research. And I was like, no, I want to discuss this. So the thing I am talking about is um, back in July, I think it was Variety magazine, which is like a Hollywood um, online platform. I don't know if it's a physical magazine as well. It might be. It announced that four black women were losing their chief diversity DNI head of inclusion type role, all within. So these four women, one at Netflix, one at Disney, one at what was the other one? Jesus, don't remember. Disney, Netflix. Um, um, a board academy of motion pictures and arts and Warner Brothers, all of them were losing their roles, right? Within like a week of each other, it was it was organized, it was announced, sorry. And Netflix, um, they had actually created a head of inclusion role, and then subsequent head of inclusion role, I think is in 2021, and was subsequently removing the head of inclusion person. And all of these women happened to be black. So everyone was kind of up in arms. What happened to like the 2020 diversity and stuff like that? And so it just kind of made me start thinking about DE&I in the workplace, um, DE&I roles. DEI. But maybe that's what my mind is thinking because it's like, because part of me looks at it and I don't, it's not something I feel particularly excited about, if that makes sense. But DE&I, diversity, inclusion, whatever you want to call it, equity. Um, All of these roles, really senior board level roles were given to black women and were taken away. So when I was doing my deep dive, I looked in and I saw that this was a trend so it wasn't even just that it was these women. It was so many more DNI diversity professionals, because I'm going to keep stumbling over that the whole podcast, were losing their roles. And they said that the attrition rate for diversity professionals was 33%, whereas average attrition rates in organisations, this is all in the US, by the way, were 20%. So it's like people were getting these roles, the roles were getting taken away, the roles would be people being redundant. And it just really made me think like, what is the point? I'm just going to throw in as well. You had oh, um, BBC lost two black oh, women in the yeah. role this year. Not, 
I didn't I didn't keep up to date with um June Sarpong's role, but she left and then Joanna, Dr. Joanna, who um took over also. So it's UK, UK, there are high profile stories in the UK as well. Thank you. Um, thank you for running that. Yeah. That is crazy. sorry, did you ask a question? No, 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 no. I just said thank you for bringing that up because I didn't. Yeah, I said, I said, what is the point? <laughs> like, I said, I, I did say, like, what is the point, basically? Because I feel like, um, yeah, I, I feel very much conflicted. And I have always felt conflicted about the practice of diversity, equity and inclusion in the workplace and what mm. it actually means. And I think after we had 2020 and we had the Black Lives Matter reckoning, we kind of saw like an explosion of yeah. like diverse recruitment. And we did see the explosion of hiring of black women in very senior positions. So like, we'll probably have to do a separate episode on it, but we know for a fact that the representation of black people on boards, in senior management, across industries is very, very, very light, right? Yeah. Like organizations like Black on Boards, which are trying their very, very best to do to work to improve that. So when you see opportunities for black women to be in senior positions based on a diversity role, it seems good. But then within years, yeah. they're gone. I need to understand what's going on. Is is it like <laughs> no, no, I'm a genuine laugh, but it's like, do you know what I mean? How are they coming to leave? Because the work's not done. So this is it. This is the thing. And the work. The, the work is nowhere near being done, but it was never going to be. It's not like, you know, you get like a project manager consultant. Yeah, it was it's never going to be that. That's what I mean. Like, I need to understand what's going on because did they expect that it's project and after 24 months, we want to see outcomes and if we don't see outcomes. And also the work, the issue with this role is the work doesn't lie with the role holder. Ah. It's systemic, it's <laughs> entrenched. All of you have got work to do beyond the hiring process. Like the job is impossible. The yeah. job is freaking impossible. I can't, I don't think I could name a sector or industry that I'm like, actually, yeah, they would be well to do as sort of, you know, best practice in this area. Who? It was funny because like I noticed that for this particular up- outcry, it was all media, uh, media related companies. Um, in fact, even media, media. Yeah, media. Yeah, made these massive promises about diversity. But in a way, part of me thinks that organisations that represent human beings and society on TV probably have one of the biggest responsibilities in terms of diversity and equitable representation because the roles that they can they play can effectively reinforce negative stereotypes about certain categories well, I don't want to say categories but certain communities of people and like willful exclu- you know intentional exclusion of people from ethnic minorities at different parts in the media process can effectively lead to very repetitive very negative roles given to black people negative narratives put out about people from ethnic minority communities anyway you, you know we talk about the media agenda so I yeah. suppose media companies go out of their way to create these roles was quite encouraging because they have a significant role to play, right? But to see all of those, those people get dropped um, 
and then to see a lot of other people getting dropped it was I have to admit it was really conflicting one interesting fact when I was doing my deep dive was that according to this article black employees represented only 3.8 percent of chief diversity officers overall with the white people making up to the seven up 76.1 percent of the roles and those of Hispanic or Latino ethnicity making up 7.8 of the roles, and those of Asian ethnicity making up 7.7. <laughs> so, and a lot of the people in these roles, yeah, were white men. Now, I'm not saying that white men... I'm going. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because remember, you have to remember that diversity isn't just ethnicity. It isn't just gender. It's LGBT. So you could have a gay white man, for example, who's chief head of diversity. You cannot say to him that he has not experienced being marginalised. I don't want to do um, an oppression Olympics because yeah, I don't think it's helpful. I, I don't think it's helpful, but I, on that basis, it is a two-edged sword, two-edged sword in that respect. Probably not the best analogy, you know what I mean. But I just thought to myself, so there's hardly any black people in senior roles and mm. where there are prominent black people in senior roles they're always in their jobs even when it comes to diversity the one thing that technically your lived experience <laughs> on a basic level would give you some relatable expertise on it I mean would you ever take like, would you ever right. take a diversity role if they were no. offering you hey, Shani, no. you wouldn't take no no why not honestly because first of all I I know of closely and in a distance some really good DEI practitioners professionals and okay I'm not even gonna lie I'm not I'm not cut out I'm not cut out for the work you can't say that for the power of life and death is in the tongue yeah yeah it would take it would take a lot of work what is it that you you think you're what not I don't like for? about it is no not what I don't like why it's not for me is mm-hmm. it's too tiring I really mm. rate the people that do that work because me I'm not adding to the living and the breathing of oppression that I already have to live and breathe every day oh my gosh what do you mean and because because it it's supposed like part of the role is educating. So every mm. day you have to teach and talk and whatever around like, why yeah. this behavior is not okay, who is being oppressed and how. And you know I hate the term unconscious unconscious bias because you already know what's going on from you look around. Oh what well, you never noticed there's only one black person in the room. No? Okay. So the educating part, the having to live and breathe that, and then dealing with the the either the ignorance, and the ignorance goes two ways. It goes like I'm just bored. Like I said, oh, oh, really? Oh, I never thought of it like that. Oh, like I didn't pronounce your name right. Oh, like that. Or the oh, it's 2023 and we we're moving on. Like the ignorance goes both ways and I don't have the tolerance level for it. I really don't. And then, and then my bugbear mm-hmm. with all training 
is mm-hmm. don't think because you've sat down for one hour in a training session that you've ticked mm-hmm. the box. Like people have all kinds of reflections, yeah, all kinds of humble mumbles. Yeah. And then what did you do? What do you do tomorrow and next week and the year yeah. after? And mm-hmm. do you know what to some end? To some end, I ain't even mad at it because people are literally trying to survive out here. So to to yeah. put your head above above the pulpit as it were or whatever to be like oh you know whether you're white or black to be calling out oh that's racist oh do you think I don't don't think that this my big issue with these kind of diversity roles is first and foremost is that I'm I'm interested to know like what diversity professionals actually do what are their priorities what are their priorities and what do they actually do? Because I remember there's one time when I was at my previous law firm, not this law firm, I was going to say the name, but I don't want us to get sued. Um, and we went to, we went to a meeting of like a group of law firms who were like coming together to discuss best practice, mm-hmm. whatever. We're still discussing best practice 10 years later. The figures are not getting any better. So all that discussing I don't I don't know what it's achieving. And like the head of diversity there, she couldn't, she's a white woman, she couldn't even say the word black. I thought that was so like bizarre that she she felt uncomfortable. I feel like she wanted to say colored, but I should have put, put words in her mouth. But um, and that was a that was a meeting specifically for dealing with ethnic diversity. And so I feel like a lot of the times. I wonder what di- diversity professionals are trying to achieve. And I remember when we were doing our little prep talk for this, one of the things that you said is that it is an impossible role. I think you kind of said that in terms of things are not mm-hmm. going to change, change overnight. But my my thing is that it has no deliverables. So how can you measure whether you're being you're being an effective DEI officer? How how can you actually how can you actually measure measure that? And I think that for me is what I feel is really exhausting because what I'm seeing and the reason I've kind of stopped participating in any diversity initiatives industry-wide period mm-hmm. is because all I'm seeing is like the creation of more programs, more mentoring, more sponsorship, 10,000 mm-hmm. black interns. I'm not shading them. I'm just giving an example. This internship, this, th- this, this technology, this, um, statistics review this facilitation this diversity um, consultancy and it's just like we have a proliferation of all these things but we still have no results and what I find bizarre is that like if it was a tech business after a while it would have to deliver some results or it will go bust right if it was a business that sold shoes and clothes it would have to sell shoes and clothes or else it will go bust I think it's bizarre that we've had like obviously we've had a crazy increase I would say since June 2020 which is now waning which to be fair when we talked when we had that episode one year since your black square we knew what time it was we knew what time it was even when we were doing our when we used to do our video lives during lockdown we need yeah. to get back into some of them we were very open and frank that we were not convinced by this mm-hmm. but I just don't think we anticipated it causing harm to black professionals in the way that it is doing now. So for me, it's kind of like, should we as, I don't want to tell black people not what to do and what not to do, especially black women, but is it something we should even be participating in? 
because I feel like I don't think, I don't think we can say that because I know what you're saying but I think it's it's really tricky to say that because I feel a way that the statistic says over 70 percent of people in these roles are white and I know we said you know diversity you can be white and cover other diversity measures but um it's it, it exactly said it's a double-edged sword because you as as a let's just say white male for for the sake of contrast to who we are as a white male you can't tell me about my lived experience so mm. yeah in some sense of the way we need to be in these spaces however i think and it frustrates me because even when i think about you know if black women working with as in the podcast was doing everything it could do in this space what Mm. is it that we're looking for and Mm. it's very it's actually very hard to articulate what does it mean to feel safe and comfortable and welcomed how does Mm. a workplace achieve that like what is if we had to ask as black women oh sorry answer the question what is it what exactly is it that we're looking for in the workspace what would the answer be what would the answer be right I feel like like, it's a that is a very difficult one for me personally I I feel like um accountability would be the most important thing because I I feel like people get away with murder senior leader senior membership and it's never pulled up and then the person I think I don't know if we've ever talked about this but I've always said this when I get asked to sit on panels and stuff I'm like what can we do to be better I'm like have accountability you can't have someone being racist making racist jokes at work drinks and all kind of madness and then when you complain it hey I want to send you on a resilience course or make you do reverse mentoring I feel like you need to see we need to see people getting chopped left right and center for racism that's Mm. what we need to see when I don't think we're ever going to see that really because workplaces they are under no um there's no true desire to be diverse there's just a desire and a requirement to make money and and that's the issue with the outcomes because even the measurables that you could put in place i.e we hire more we retain I mean retention would be a good measure but equally you can put me in a space but the space is still not for me you can put yeah. me in a rock, but the role still not for me. So some of these measures are so superficial; they're still not. They're not really tackling. They're really, really not tackling. I think. I think, and it is. It's literally like. It's so hard to achieve because a lot of it isn't organizational. A lot of it is individual. So even just today, I had a yeah, colleague say to me. Um, she said something like. Oh, like I'm I'm gonna ask you, and we're she's cool, she's cool people. I'm gonna ask you, but is it is it okay or is it racist to say black don't crack? And I was like, it's cool. Like at why least why do you need to say that? Why do you need to be involved? Just mind I'm just she was talking about my beautiful skin. She was talking about my beautiful skin. No, it doesn't matter. She just can say your skin is beautiful next. She doesn't need to mention your race. But it's true. If you don't kind of get an invite to the cook cookout, you're not invited. Just live your life. <laughs> she's still not invited but my point my point was my point was 
individuals need to, one, be open to their p- potential ignorance. So she asks she asks that question with a very kind and open heart because I know who she is. They also okay, need cool. to allow black women, black people, um, and we're, we're speaking about blackness in this diversity thing, to be their authentic selves. And that takes a whole rewriting of what we understand the workplace, not a whole rewriting, but the workplace and professionalism to be and standards versus outcomes. I don't know. I d- no, it is. It's like I was reading this um, interesting book by Isabel Wilkerson. It's a massive book. It's called Cast or Cast. No, it's Cast. Ah, my Yorkshire. I accent. picked Cast. up that book today. You need to read it because when you it what is is interesting is it talks about the creation of race and caste, and it draws lots of um draws lots of connections between the caste system in India versus um how the Nazis created that hostile state, not that the hostile state mm. for to hostile state and perpetuated these lies about Jewish people in order to justify what they what they went on to do, the travesties they went on to do. And they also talk specifically about how they created a concept of of blackness. Um and the concept of blackness they created to justify slavery, to justify Jim Crow, mm. was that um I never get this word up, the antithesis of what was deemed to be professional, what was deemed to be mm. acceptable, you know, perpetuating things about, you know, what is black, inherently black is not professional, black people are lazy, all of those kind of things. So then putting my socialist hat on over these plats that I need to redo, um, one wonders if black women, black people being authentically themselves in the workplace um will ever be accepted as professionalism because the the concept of western professionalism mm. has been crafted around the opposite of everything that is deemed to be black mm. Does, uh, i'm 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 I, I, I hear, no, I, no I, but I completely yeah. hear what you're saying and it, it we're speaking to the same point it, and that's yeah. what makes yeah. it's so difficult like, i don't think we i don't think i've ever i won't speak for you i don't think i've ever had and let's talk about it where I'm so stumped. Because it's just yeah, like... Because we usually have very strong opinions about how it needs to be. But this one, I don't know. And that's kind of sad because it's like, I don't accept it. But at the same time, it's like, it is what it is. Like, like you said, we already knew what it was. Like, what exactly do we expect? And maybe... See, no. Do you know what I was about to do? And maybe oh. we need to think a little bit harder about what we want. Again taking on responsibility that's not for me to take on because I'm not the problem it was funny because like um I went to a dinner and I was talking to a a a global diversity officer again a white woman and she was like I just I just don't know what to do about attrition at middle management or and I said to us about work allocation I said that you know, there's been so many studies by McKenzie and Company. So everyone's interested in like studies, McKenzie and Company, Harvard mm. Business Review. You know me and my little nerdy self. I'm always you get five free articles a month, so make sure you use them. I'm always on there, looking at the most recent data about workplace and mm. how the workplace is changing. Not just from um, a diversity perspective, just how we work as a society and how we live. And um, you know, there is copious 
there's loads of, of research out there about one of the biggest reasons people leave jobs, especially people from ethnic minority backgrounds, is because they're not being promoted because they're not being given being given good quality work. Like this is something that was decided on five years ago. This is a global diversity officer of a major investment bank asking me as a black woman why middle management black people leave. And I'm like, it's work allocation. She's on bags of money and basic things like that. She she doesn't know. And I couldn't be in a position of an equivalent business service at that level and not know something so critical to the output of my role but I'm making assumptions about what her output is based Mm. on my practice day-to-day as a legal professional and this is something that we have to and this is another reason why I don't think I would take a DE&I job maybe a consultancy but not a full-time job because ultimately who sets my outputs Mm. what are my outputs what is required of me to understand and I mean even today not today last week we don't have a DE&I person at our firm but we do have a HR manager and I got this report about one percent saying oh it's only one percent of partners in the city are black and I got a copy of that report I was reading it and then halfway through I was like why am I reading something that's my lived experience. I don't need to read reports and read statistics. Yeah. And then I gave a report to her, but then part of me when I gave it to her was like, but is that what she's here to do? Is that one of, I'm looking at it like thinking, oh, you want to get more black people right, to partner? Mm-hmm. Here, here's this report. But she might not even, that might not even be an output for her because who knows what the outputs are? Yeah. And I think that's why. When we take these jobs, we're always on the risk of a chopping board, not because we're in a marginalised position as black women, but we're in a very flexible job without sometimes with what appears on the outside not to be concrete output. And we're not seen as business critical as well. Yeah. And that's a big, and that's a that's a big issue. So I mean ugh. I mean, I'm happy for any person, any black woman that's setting up a diversity consultancy where you have independence over what you're doing. But I do think it is disturbing. That, I mean, I think <laughs> I feel like on a superficial level and DEI professionals don't come for me. Come for me, actually. Let me hear. Yeah, genuinely. Let them drag but, you by your like, yeah, <laughs> non-existent edges. Cool. But, <laughs> um, but even consultancy, I'd be like, yeah, do you know what? If it's for you to pay me high and collect the bag and go, because consultancy is take it or leave it, right? I'm giving you advice and guidance on what to do, do whether or not you do it or see it through. But that's what I mean. People who do these roles have heart. They work really hard. They truly, truly, truly live and breathe to see this change. And... And we'll never true we'll never truly know the the intentions, like the deep intentions behind the people at the top who create these roles, who pay us for these roles. You know, is it, it it's not, I'm not even asked the question that that you you want deep, entrenched change. I feel like it's this is what we have to do to show that we are. 
and to show that you are versus actually being are two very different things and so to be like yeah we reflect diversity in this company because and we have recruited x person to do whatever it is you think we're going to do to them because because it's all so superficial the work will always be done which means you can get caught at any point I mean, you can get cut from any job at any point. Like I always say, yeah. it's like anything, especially corporate jobs, like it's not safe. Like anyone can get it. Do you know what I mean? But mm. I do, I do feel disheartened when I see that because ultimately we do seem to be going round in circles. That's I mean, I in, in this, in this deep, in this deep dive rabbit hole, you know, I'd be curious to follow where these women go next yeah is that they are still committed to their work and they find where they are valued or is it actually bruh no I think they'll still be committed I think they'll absolutely still be committed I think they'll still continue to work because ultimately there will be demand for these there will be demand for these roles I think the thing that the thing that really you know gets me down it's just that we're still in a situation where we're not getting what we really need. Yeah. Um, and we're not getting it on a scale. I mean, if you have that, that is acceptable. If you have some of the biggest media companies, these, these companies are not play play companies, not the BBC, obviously, but mm. some of these companies have billions and billions of turnover. Disney, Netflix, they're not any small small fries so the fact mm. that four of them would cut would cut their chief diversity roles which i can't imagine are breaking the back for them it, it, it's just the to the... well we don't even know if it was the first one but why yes, is it yeah. going yeah that's the thing and i mean i do i do feel very conflicted when it comes to diversity as a career practice because I don't feel like we are anywhere near making diversity a respected business practice and I just don't think that in our lifetime it will be I feel like it will be a tick box and unless we have another event that causes a BLM reckoning we're gonna we're gonna continue to see this continue to see this decline but I think we'll continue to see this decline on a critical level but then we'll still see all these DE&I courses unconscious bias courses all of these type of books and things you know being published and I just think for me I tried to explain this to someone and they thought it was a joke but I was like it's diversity to you but it's actually my lived experience like your inability to see me as a human being on the same level pegging as everyone else and to 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 be intentional with me the same way you'd be intentional with a white male is is exhausting and causing me to burn out and is actually impacting the quality of my life and now anyone who was potentially going to be able to try at least try and do something or even having someone senior in the company that looked like me you I could kick with losing that for some people is going to be really is going to be really disheartening and I mean I just feel like I kind of I wasn't on the extracurricular activity podcast episode that you did with Tolls but 
I was very of the view, like when I spoke to you guys about it, that it's not really something we should be participating in unless, and I know that sounds like really direct direct and cutthroat, unless there is an end goal for us, because I feel like there's always an expectation on us to be the mammies of the offices or, or any other community that we are in where black women are minority, like we have to do the caring and the work. And I was the head of um, our ethnic minority um, group and I resigned. And I resigned because I realised that no one was going to take it as seriously as me. I was looking at it and coming towards it and giving it the same level of respect that I was given my job because that's how important it was to me. And so I resigned because I was like, no one is care is going to care about it the way I care about it. Mm-hmm. But that's from them. So I can take a step back. But I don't know if I could do that as my full-time job and get paid. I don't know if I could work in a practice area where I sit on boards and say, we need to do this for diversity and no one cares about it the way that's I said, care about it. I feel that like that would be said, That said, the work still needs to be done, right? Yeah, like, crazy. as much as as much as it's not, not by me, me, not by me, I, re- I respect the people who are doing it and I mean highly respect you know um whether like I said whether they're distance shout out to Dr Shola for example my some of my some of my closest friends family shout out to Marlon like they do the work and it's 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 it, as much as I'm like as or we're like here what are the outcomes what what exactly is the point equally that cog still needs to to turn because mm-hmm. as dire as dire as the situation is today if it if the work wasn't happening what would it, it would look be like? worse yeah but my whole thing is that like i i do like wonder like if we are getting better the way that we say or think that we are because ultimately I think one of the biggest issues issues for me has always been that everything that seems to approach this is very every approach I've seen taken to diversity is just very very short-sighted and I I think that the reason why I have wanted to stop participating in it for a while is because I felt like it required a lot of free labour from me. And it was like, it was a different type of pound of flesh. It's not like I'm just doing my work, billable, billable hour. It's like I'm having to dig, dig deep into situations that made me feel uncomfortable, that made me feel unwanted, that didn't make me feel included in order to try and communicate that to a gatekeeper in mm-hmm. order to get funds and resource to do something. Exactly. And it's it's those people, whether or not they feel like they can say it loud or quiet, because please know, I know people in management, and when I say management, I mean CE, whatever, who do say, pay POC more, pay people of colour more. I am going to pay this person more because they're black. Legit, I can't call out any names, but mm. I have heard white management say that, and that's the type of call that you need. And they need to be, they absolutely need to be bracing with it because they respect and acknowledge 
the issues. But it takes a level of boldness and it takes a level of heart and understanding for society to, and that's what I mean about individuals. It's not organisations. It mm-hmm. takes individuals in these spaces to do society the right thing. thing. We're society. not there. We're not society there. If you look in the US, because like I'm also a US lawyer, but if you look at the kind of overturning of affirmative action, um, if you kind of look at the backlash that, you know, the diversity backlash that people have had um you know an example of that is going from people say a classic example of that is going from having obama as president to then having trump Mm. i don't know how you deal with something that is endemic in society and And that's the thing it means putting it means putting yourself on the line it it really does so you know, even those those people who who I who I'm referencing, I don't know how loud they can say that in certain spaces because if it someone. means then that they're frowned upon and their livelihood is then on the line, also real life, with all heart and intent, we still we've all still got to survive out here. Yeah, but I feel like if you're I a CEO, I don't know, but I feel like if you're a CEO of like a company. And you say this is a diversity policy we're taking and we're being intentional. I doubt you're going to lose your job for that. <laughs> or maybe you could, I don't know. I don't know. It's a difficult one because there's so much to do. Because it it go, it really is, and something we haven't necessarily touched on this episode, is it really, it does kind of, it's like a new wave. I feel like it's like a new wave of tokenism. But then I felt like that. But then when I saw the statistics of all these chief diversity officers and 76% of them being white, I was then confused because I was like, well, maybe they put these black women in place to give them like a token position that shouldn't be a beef, it shouldn't be a problem because it's black women talking about diversity, what's the issue? But then for them to get removed, then part of me is kind of like, rah, even in something that we're technically experts in. Still not allowed to do it. I'm being broad brush. Obviously, obviously, drag me if you want. It's still a problem. You know? I I, I don't have the answers today. And it's not often I really don't have much. I really... don't have the answers, Sway. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm out of order bringing that one up. But, um, yeah. (laughs) I don't know, like, if the listeners have any ideas about how we really broach this, because I feel like... I feel, I don't want to say we're at risk, but I feel like we're just going to be going round and round and round in circles. But the way that, the reason this one stings for me is because there is a dearth of Black people on boards. Like, it is a disgrace across Mm. the country. And the idea that where Black women have board positions, these have been swiftly removed is actually pretty, it's pretty disheartening, especially for someone who's trying to progress their own career. And that's something that I'm interested in doing. It's just like, well, it's just like, they won't even let us live. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But I say that to say, you know, if you are a DE&I professional and you want to talk to us about what your experiences are, I would, I'd absolutely love, we would absolutely love to hear from you. Did you say industry insider? I don't know, because, you know, sometimes them type of industry insiders are sensitive, so you might have to muffle everyone's voices. <laughs> you know? But, every, you know, issues around race and diversity are, how do you say, very sensitive. But, yeah, we would love to hear from you. 
I don't know, Shan, if you've got anything else to say before we go. I wish I did, you know. I genuinely wish I did. Oh um, you got but, a lot to say. I'm surprised. You know what? It, I feel like today I've I'm, I'm, I've left on a not a, not the usual. Oh, I'm so glad we we spoke about it. Let's talk about it. This oh, feels no. like a <laughs> this feels like a let's think about it. <laughs> let's think about it now and again and again and again. Yeah, and mm. sometimes we're not going to solve everything or come to some type of conclusion, but. This is something we just need to all be mindful of, especially when engaging in these roles, engaging in these organizations. I wish I could speak to some of these women off the even if it's off the record to find out like what really went down. Exactly. So, I, I just I think the only the only thing that I'll that I'll add, and just to reiterate messages that we've given in the past, is activism takes all shapes and forms, right? And yeah. so all we can all we can really do is continue to do what we do in the way that we know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And if that yeah. means taking that role at the top, because you've got the resilience, the stamina, the knowledge, the skill, do and that. Get paid. Right. If if for some black women it means that I came to work today with my afro and that really is activism for you, then let that be your activism. Like Pepper it however you need to. Stay being black, blackity black, black, black. Do you know what? I love that. We should say that every episode. Stay being black, blackity black, black. Absolutely. But anyway, listeners, <laughs> thank you for jo- <laughs> thank you for joining us. Um, if you're a DE and I professional, um, please get in touch with us because we'd love to have a conversation with you. And if you do have a subject that you want us to do, a let's talk about it about drop us an email because we know we love to hear from you guys and remember always to like and subscribe comment please engage with our instagram post and remember to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend tell another friend to tell your auntie to tell your cousin to tell your girlfriend not a joke just last week we had a, we had another person come through and say i've only just found the podcast people yeah. still don't know you know tell your people listen i was at a barbecue and someone said to me, I love your podcast. That really made my day. But anyway, <laughs> have a blessed have a blessed day, whatever you're doing. I haven't done our handles, babe. For the new listeners, if this is the first episode Apologies. you've come across, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter using the handle at BWWpodcastUK. You can find us on LinkedIn, Black Women Working. Visit our website, three W's, blackwomenworking.com. And you can email us on blackwomenworkinguk at gmail.com. Perfect. Music to my friends. All right, see you later. All right, thanks. Thanks, laters.